to you by Muquano Coffee Roasters. www.muquanocoffee.com Coming to you live, and by that we mean not really live, from Gutcheck World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gutcheck South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gutcheck Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, my partner in radio, Zachary Bartles. Baby, it's been a while since we've been in the studio doing new content. Um, A lot's changed. Actually, nothing's changed about the world. People are still hateful, and it's still, by and large, just a godless hellscape out there, but... um, (laughs) But I got a new microphone, so there, there is hope. There's a crackle of hope in the world uh, in that I have a new mic, and we're back in the studio doing radio again, enjoying a warm cup of Muquano Coffee Roasters coffee, Zachary Bartles. Oh, uh, gut check blend. I was just going to say that. We have partnered with our exclusive podcast coffee roaster, Muquano Coffee, uh, to create the gut check blend, and it is uh, delicious. You and I are both... Working our respective ways through uh, bags and bags of Gut Check Blend from uh, Muquano Coffee Roasters. Zach, what is the exact URL for Muquano Coffee? Um, www.gutcheckpress.com slash coffee. There it is. There it is. Rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Anyway. That'll get you there. That'll get you there. Baby, that's perfect. But Then you don't have to spell Muquano, So We have been, uh, we've been doing what old men do, and that is tinkering in our workshops. Uh, to really perfect the randomizer. So we've got the randomizer kind of uh, roaming to and fro throughout the internet to find us some different things. And uh, I think it may have something magical in store for us today. Do we want to get right into the randomizer, baby? Or do we want to do some other things first? Do we want to hit some other topics? You know, I I don't remember. We had like, we were going to do a glum episode. Like we decided that when we were both glum like three days ago, but I'm up now. I I kind of am too. So I I texted you on a morning in which uh, we had to take Jane to the vet, Jane Cluck, our cat. Um, She was was doing really badly. So we had to take her to the vet, but uh, thankful to report Jane is fine. She's back home resting comfortably in a, she's resting comfortably in a Holiday (laughs) Express. (laughs) Um, No, she's actually resting comfortably here at our house and doing great. Uh, But the other glum thing from that day, and this this is truly glum, but we've grieved and moved on. Uh, We had to take my old Cadillac, most recently Tristan's Cadillac. uh, It was a 2002. It died finally, like died, died. uh, In that, because it was a Michigan car for so many years, like the the entire like bottom part of it was was rusted out, and the brake line snapped. And the, uh, the mechanic was like, yeah, it's going to be thousands to get in there and even like, you know, diagnose what we have to do. So uh, on the first day of classes, so it would have been Tuesday of this week, I'm starting teaching. Tristan's starting. He's dual enrolled now as a college student, even though he's a high school senior. So he's taking, taking classes at my college. Uh, so we had to drive in together that morning and take the Cadillac to the boneyard. So... Um, that was a tough morning, baby. And, uh, you know, you know, Tristan, you know him quite well. He's a, he's kind of a big strapping bro athlete type. Now we were both like crying on the way into school. Oh boy. Yeah, dude. It was tough. It was like that scene in Tommy boy where like Richard and Tommy are listening to the sad song and they try not to cry, but they, they both end up there. So, uh, now Ted, I don't know if you can hear this, but there's, 
there's crying going on in the background. My chihuahua wants to go out and it keeps okay. making this sad noise. I can't. I, I can't hear him. Her. It, come on, Katie. The dog's mm-hmm. name is Katie. Uh, Katie Wendelson. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna let Katie Wendelson out because okay. uh, even though it's it's a fitting kind of backdrop for the the, the glum stuff. That's right. Um, moment, momento. Okay, I think my wife is Marco Poloing with your wife in the Nakatomi smoke room. There. You know what? That wouldn't surprise me. Um, baby, I want to ask you this though, related to the car and related to uh, the death of the caddy. Do you get emotionally attached to cars? I think I know the answer to this, but I, I want to hear you talk Only about it. Only a couple. We were talking about cars yesterday. My in-laws were over. My, my father-in-law was going through every one of the, like, 39 cars he's owned. Yeah. Um, and I think it's common. Like, uh, my first car ever, of course. Yeah. My it was I called it the Spacious. It was yeah. uh, a 1984 Grand Prix. Oh, Big dude. boat, beautiful car. What a car. Uh, what a, an era. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my midlife crisis will be... Uh-huh. buying another one of those and not yeah. even fixing it up just yeah. having it be like it is um and then i had a corsica i didn't care about it at all yeah i had a lumina which was a nice car but i i mean i'm not i'm not nostalgic for it yeah but then you remember the lexus oh the lex oh. dude we had some times in the lex sad, yeah. i feel like the first time and correct me if i'm wrong on this but the first time that the lex kind of became yours is when your previous car broke down in grand rapids remember we were there to cover that fight we went to a boxing yeah. match together, and then your car broke down. The liquid down. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, dude. No, not the liquid room. What was no, the, the name orbit of that room. Place? It was the, the orbit, orbit room. room. Yeah, that was a yeah. different place in Grand Rapids. Yeah. And uh, so we went to the orbit room. We covered the fight. Your car broke. We called your pops, man. Shout out your pops. And uh, he arrived on the scene with the with the Lexus for us to drive home. And uh, you drove it while I worked on my sermon because it was a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. What a way to go into a Sunday morning sermon by seeing some some violence at like a club in, in Grand Rapids. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I drove the Lex and I, I think I couldn't stop. I couldn't shut up about how nice it was. I was like, boy, uh, this yeah. is a nice smooth ride, you know, and other other such things. And then uh, and then it became yours. And yeah, that car was a legend, dude. That was that was a beaut. Now, I don't want to imply that I like write my sermons on Saturday night. I was going no. over my sermon. Yeah, yeah that's right. It was a review session, dude, and I can vouch for that because I was... Actually, I was right, I was drawing my little notes. How I, yeah. I don't know if you all know how I do this. I go to the, the pulpit with little pictures, and those are my notes. That way I can see it from the peripheral, and it prompts me without, um, without having to read anything. So I was drawing. Yeah. Well, so that way we could also be talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's a glum time, dude, having to say goodbye to a car you love. It really is a, a downer. Dude, it is. But it's... I'm glad you're back up. I'm glad that you're you're bounced back, that you've been able to teach, even if it is with a, a Flashdance <laughs> style welding helmet in front of your face. Yeah, dude, exactly. Um, We're one my, of the... my, my glumness was uh, yeah. related to having to do uh, – Three funerals in oh. a row on a Wednesday, a Thursday, and a Friday. Mm. Um, funeral, funeral, funeral. And then the week before I had done a funeral, and then the week after I had a funeral. So it was that was a uh, really, really depleting time for me. Yeah. Um, and I truly – and you know, funny, in the midst of all that, we also had to take our dog to the vet. Um, Dude, no way. 520 bucks later, we were told, eh, she's fine. 
Yeah. She wouldn't open her mouth. She was just like, we were really? like, what happened to this dog? Can she breathe? Her 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 throat, her profile, her throat was different. And we're yeah. like, something stuck in her throat? Yeah. So, yeah, MSU, uh, emergency vet clinic. And yep. uh, three hours later, $500 later, uh, here you go. Here's your dog back. Dude, I tell <laughs> you, there, there's really, I know it, dude. I know it. And it's stressful because there's no, it's a, it's a very specific kind of worry because they can't tell you anything. You know what I mean? You're like, right. uh, you're like Jane. What's wrong? You know, you're saying all the normal things, but like, they're not saying <laughs> they're, anything, anything back. They're clammed up, you know. Yeah, they're all clammed up. Exactly. <laughs> Cat got your tongue, you know. In this oh. case, like, <laughs> old man. How does that work? Old yeah. How does that work if 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 it is a cat's tongue? You know? Do you say, does the man have your tongue? Ah, yeah, yeah, dude. That's that's great old man humor right there. But yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> They really they, these vets. They know they have you over the barrel, you know, because of how attached you are to these to these pets. They've they've got you. You're not walking out of there for less than five hundred, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. no, in, and, in, and and they're almost worse. They're, your situation is almost worse than if it's like you yourself and your own health. Yeah, because you'll be like, yeah, you know what? I'll walk with some pain in my knee for a while rather than have another X-ray. Totally. But you're not gonna say, I'll let my little cute dog, you know, yeah. walk around looking all pathetic and and yeah in pain you just we're not gonna do that so no. yeah, they've got you they've got you over the barrel and they know it they really do man they really do so yeah i'm uh i'm back to teaching we're one of the few universities i think in the nation that's actually open um and, and it it sucks dude because i'm loving it so much like i really am truly excited to be back i'm reminded that i love teaching you know i'd kind of forgotten it had been like six months since i'd done it for real <laughs> and uh and I'm like, oh, yeah, I do like this job. I like it a lot. Even if I do have to do it behind, like, a, a flash dance welding helmet and my kids are all, like, lashed up in masks and distanced and, like, our classrooms are all different. Like, I have to wipe down my entire classroom with disinfectant, like, after each They don't have a guy session. for that? You have to do that? Well, no, they have, they have guys. Like, they have janitors on campus who are still doing, like, their normal jobs, but... Um, to like wipe down every classroom after every session, it would be, you know, like scads more work for them. So, uh, so we're doing it, man. We're, we're pitching in. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it means we get to stay in school a little while longer, but you know, you know how these things go, dude. It's the, it's the tide of public opinion that, that gets you. So, um, did you hear the jerk thing they did at MSU? Yeah. Didn't they like wait until the day before school? And then they were like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> nobody come back. <laughs> What a prank. What a, yeah, prank, what a prank to play on your right. own students. They were like, yeah. oh, you've signed leases. You've bought lots of things. You've, oh, exactly. Yeah. You've let your little brother move into your bedroom. You've yeah, moved dude. across the country. Well, screw you. You probably packed your U-Haul. I mean, like all right. the stuff oh, had been done. Oh, yeah. People were moved in. I mean, oh. the re official move-in date was a little bit off when they, like a couple days away. But people move in early. They move into on-campus yeah. uh, or off-campus student housing, student apartments. And now I'm wondering... All these businesses in East Lansing, which have been yeah. struggling for six months, going, well, at least we'll have 50,000 students back in the fall. Yeah, dude. No, how are they going to make it? Like, how They're is... not. Yeah. They're not going to make it. I mean, I'm just thinking of places we used to go to, like, you know, the little smoke shop and the Curious Bookshop and, like, Mena's Joint and all those little, like, rando, they sell stuff to college kid places. Um you know, how, how is that stuff going to make it? It's crazy. You know, it's, it's totally crazy, but 
Oh, and hey, fun fun thing in East Lansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a a new ordinance mm-hmm. that you have to wear masks outside too. Oh, of course, um, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because nowhere is it, safe, Zach. That's really the message. Oh, no. You need Heavens, to no. always remember that you're in danger. Um, Listen, I want to make sure that everyone is afraid of everyone else. That's the only way we can truly be free. <laughs> that's right, dude. That's. I want you to be afraid because they're going to get you sick, because they're black, because they're white, because yeah. they're looting, because because of it's just everything. I want everyone afraid of everyone all the time. That is enlightenment. That's it, dude. That's it. That's the... That's next level America, man. Uh, we thought America was good in the 80s when we were growing up. We were so wrong. Um, I definitely want you afraid of people if they're a Republican and afraid of others if they're a Democrat. I absolutely. want fear to reign your over your life. Yeah. And especially, I want you to be smug about it and yeah. really offended if someone suggests that that's what's going on. Not only smug, like I want you to spend most of your time yelling and screaming at each other over it. <laughs> I'm that, getting glum again, dude. I am too, dude. Happen. I am too. We gotta, you know, what we gotta do though. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of problem solving and not yelling and screaming, um, <laughs> we need to fire up the randomizer because we, yes. yeah, we we've we've been, uh, I don't want to say lax or um, sort of uh, deficient in our in our randomizer duties, but uh, it has been a while since we fired it up. Um, so Zach, maybe, maybe we were just waiting for these new stings that we got from Weebus. Oh, we got stings, dude. Play a sting, play a randomizer sting. Are you ready? Yeah. I mean, I I can't really play it. Just pretend you heard it. (laughs) Baby, that was an amazing sting. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Um, I went to insert the sting for the randomizer and of the eight stings that Weebus graciously sent us, uh, none of them are for the randomizer. Uh, we've got energy drink reviews. We've got food reviews. We got gut check business. We don't have the randomizer, so uh, Ted is clearly lying. And uh, maybe you, listener, could put together a sweet little randomizer sting for us. You definitely heard that, right? I definitely heard it, and it was definitely good, dude. That was that was That's- good work by Weebus. Yeah, well, and, and you, it'll be confirmed for you when you listen to the episode when it's finished and you hear it um, again. You know what I think I, I, I really like just in general in life is um, whenever somebody does something kind for us, which shout out the boy, happy Granty, dude, classy Granty, classy Granty, Grant Smith. Happy uh, Grant, the happy Grant podcast. Happy, happy Grant, dude, the happy Grant. Do, 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 do. Happy <laughs> Grant. <laughs> dude shout out grant smith sent me an australian rules football dude so like they call it a sharon uh that's what they what they play football with there in australia he sent me one of those sent me a pack of australian rules football cards and uh, a bunch of very skeevy looking like aussie energy drinks so uh shout out the boy for that now um, you, you realize he thought he was sending us those energy drinks well, yeah, apparently he thinks we're like neighbors, like next door neighbors, <laughs> when in fact we're 11, 11 hours away by car from, from one another. But uh, nevertheless... Now, you had said, you had said off the air, it's, this isn't Australia where everyone's a three-hour car ride away. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I think in Australia, you can be in the same country and be like a like 40-hour car ride away, right? It was, well, yeah, it was that's right, dude. Enormous? Then I, I remembered, you know, soon after I said that stupid thing off the air, I remembered... Oh wait! I'm Australia. sorry, I brought it up. Yeah, it it really is like a huge landmass. So, so what is he thinking that we're? we're I, I think he thought maybe 
rather than pay international shipping twice, he'd pay it yeah. once, and then you'd mail that to me. Yeah, um, you know what? That's we not both know that's though. not gonna. Happen. No, gosh, no, dude. I'm By the way, good... I grabbed I grabbed the stamp from you uh, when I was in yeah. um, Tennessee, and I sent it via mail to our boy Cody uh, and Cody A. Not, a not for abs, but for Anderson. Yep, uh, and he is ready and able to stamp up uh, these gut check blend. Uh, which is delicious, so yeah. delicious, and uh, I don't know when the link's going to be live, but as soon as it is, you'll find it. You know, when you go on our website and click coffee, it will take you directly to the Gut Check Blend. But don't be shy; buy all of the Maquano coffees, dude. Don't you wish like people would just buy a lot of it and like make us rich via the coffee business? I wish something I think, like that would happen to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. I'm one of those crazy uh, and make people. Make Cody that- rich. Yeah, I'm one of those people that that wishes they could stumble headlong into a pile of money. Or work really hard on a book for 10 years and have a lot of people buy it. Either way, dude. Either way. Because we already did the first part. Um, and now the ball's in your court, a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. The book is called Re-Raptured, The Complete Epic. And <laughs> the buying of it is something that we want you to do. Now, granted, everybody, classy granted, everybody <laughs> who was on our uh, virtual smoke bought it off yeah. the... Off the Amazon grid. Keep in mind, then, we're we're not yelling at the sixty people who have already bought it. Like those people, <laughs> the sixty people, people who have already bought it are are fine and they're better for it. Uh, but we're talking to the rest of the people in the world. The who seven billion who have the it. seven billion. You know who you are. Seven billion. <laughs> <laughs> dude, what literally, are, let's this do book some. Is, is so funny. It is so funny, dude. It is so funny, and I love it. It's maybe my favorite thing we've ever written together. What? If, let's do the math real quick. What if? What if every person, all the seven billion? What if seven billion people bought it? How much money would we get? Um. Well, twenty. Thirty-two. <laughs> Thirty-two trillion. See, I I could I could live with that. That'd be good. Um. So yeah, let's let's get on it. Run, don't walk to Amazon.com. Uh, look up Re-Raptured, buy a copy for you and the other 7 billion people in your life, and, uh, <laughs> and make it's us rich men. ebook and paperback now? I mean, uh, you have no excuse. Options. Options galore, Zach. Options galore. Get one of each, you know? <laughs> that way, if you're if you're out and about, and uh, all you have is your phone or your Kindle, um, you can, you know, if you're waiting waiting around somewhere in a, in a public building with your mask on, you can still read a little Re-Raptured. You can chuckle through the mask, and uh, people will look at you like you're a monster. And uh, <laughs> there's you, droplets in your chuckles. Exactly, exactly. You can be judged for it, but they should check out that one. They should check out also a big new book, Zach. Uh, it's called "A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day." Um, it's a very, very beautiful uh, book cover design. It's it's my favorite cover design in my entire career. Uh, this is an XA collection that I dropped about a year ago. It dropped last fall around this time. And uh, very excited to put that one out. And uh, it sold very well. It would, sales for it were brisk uh, initially, but then uh, they've, they've tailed off a little bit, as, as often happens in the industry, Zach, uh, after about a year on the market. But, uh, but let's get out 7 billion people. Let's buy a hard thing on a beautiful day and re-raptured. Make us rich men. Um, because really, that's what, that's what this is about. That's why you start a business, you know? Um, I started that business with you, Zach, all those years ago, thinking, you know, we're probably going to get rich off of this. And um, while that hasn't exactly happened, we've we've put out a lot of great books. I, and I got to say, 
even more realistic math. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if the thousand people who mm-hmm. like you on Facebook bought your, your book, <laughs> you wouldn't get rich. No. But it'd be nice. It'd be nice, um, man. It'd be a nice, nice chunk of change. Nice chunk. And of if change. everybody in the Gut Check Army, which is basically just a Mailchimp uh, mailing list um, mm-hmm. by any other name, <laughs> were to buy Reraptured, you know, you really um, demystified it. Well, yeah. it's also people who have the password to get onto the Gut Check Army page <laughs> exactly. on our website, which is a little more kind of secret agenty. You type That's the right. password in on your, you know, amidst all the Chinese food containers. That's but right. I mean, if that were to happen. We're talking about um, some what eleven hundred people. Uh, yeah. That could that could be good for gut check and would encourage yeah. the writing of more funny stuff for your enjoyment. It would. And don't let the fact that we're reading for free all of this content to you on the no. podcast no, dissuade no, no. you from paying good money for it. That's supposed to just um, entice you to want to own it and have it in your home. Um, and I think I think that's self evident, Zach. All those. All those gut check literacy months that we spent reading out loud. But, baby, there's something else that I'd like to read out loud. And it's some tweets right. that the randomizer generates. Um, let's, so if, let's do this. If you want to do the honors there in your studio, if you want to pull the lever, uh, we'll see what we come up with. All right. And I am pulling the lever. Here we go. It is spin. Wow, it's spinning. It's spinning in a really kind of weird way. Spinning it's, out of control. Kind of like the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are all flashing. Mm. Here we go. We've got a. We've got a. Uh, we've got a tweet. Do you see it on your screen there? I do see it on my screen. And um, one of the things that the randomizer is known for now, after we've made some upgrades, is that I can also see. Um, I, I can see the particular person's image and. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so hey, listen, Zachary, doggone it! And I hate to do this, okay, but you're you're making me. I, I feel like I've got to, I've got to confront, I've got to confront this. You know, I've just got to address it because uh, you and I both know the rules of the randomizer. We're not supposed to laugh or respond in any way, and here we are, doggone it, hypocrites that we are. Um, we're already laughing because the randomizer has pulled up at Richard Rohr. OFM uh, at Richard Rohr. That's O R O H R. And um, what what strikes me about his image, Jack, is that he looks exactly like the kind of guy who would be tweeting and writing and thinking the kinds of things that he thinks and writes and tweets. And my question <laughs> to you is, why is that? Look at that little image. What is it about that little image that says? Yes, this guy is a like touchy feely whack job who heretic. A, yeah, heretic who in another life would be teaching like you know art at a community college. Like, what is it about that guy's look? I think there's a couple things going on. There's the affected black and white aspect of it. There's yes. the um, subtext. Off. I'm, I'm deep. I'm thoughtful. Yeah. There, there's there's a, a point. Beyond, and what's interesting to me is that from where we're looking at him, he's looking mm-hmm. to the right. Yeah. But from his point of view, he's gazing well into the strident left. Yes, that's uh, right. And, and Apropos <laughs> of, of something, yeah, for sure. And and he's doing something which I realized um, bugs me more than anything, and uh-huh. that's when someone does a fake smile that involves their eyes. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, here he is going. All right, I've practiced the smile uh-huh. and. 
It's this is not a moment that was captured. This was a uh, I'm a Franciscan friar and I smile this way and I yes. think these thoughts and I gaze to the left and I don't know. It's 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 a look that says my round face is a is <laughs> in and of itself a safe place. You know what I mean? Like I'm contemplative. I'm safe. I'm I'm not going to disagree with anything you say. I'm gonna like very. Well. Yeah, well, yeah, anything that a certain kind of person says. Right. Um, right. He the would kind disagree of with that seeks a safe place. <laughs> yeah, he would he would very much disagree with nearly everything that you and I had to say. Um, to be fair, but now I, is is it time to read the tweets, Zach? And you remember the rules if you're new to the program. Uh, the conceit is the randomizer will find a random tweet, you know, it just wanders to and fro throughout the internet, it finds what it will. Uh, which tweet uh, you and I have to read out loud without any response or reaction. So uh, those are the rules of the of, of engagement, as it were, with the randomizer. Now, are we are we ready for this? Can I ask you a real quick question before you before Certainly. you read the tweet? Certainly. What's our what's our batting average here for for following the rules? <laughs> you know, one ten maybe. I don't know. Yeah, one one. I feel like one ten. Like if we were if we were true. <laughs> batters if we were true baseball players we would spend like a week and a half in the majors before then getting like systematically shipped down through every level of the minors Um, and this at a game we invented this at a game we invented i know right i mean think of the layers of of, (laughs) you're in the minors you invented the game (laughs) you invented you literally invented the game yet you can't even you can't even play it correctly is really where we're at. Which although it's a fact that the guy who wrote Space Invaders can only get through the first level, so you know is that true? It is. I was watching this Netflix thing called High Score, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's about old video games, and and it, and it was a cute. All these guys are the cutest little old Japanese guys. Like you oh, know how cute, dude, that's great. like old guys. Some of yeah. them lean toward grizzled, and some of them lean toward adorable. Uh-huh. The guys who make these video games. They're so smiley and they're so happy mm. and they brought so much joy to people. And he yeah, was like, I, I, I'm not good at it. I can't get past the second level or something. And, uh, you know, I think we're in a steamed company here. And it was back before video games were like lurid or violent or. Yes, they were you know, innocent and, yeah. and marvelous. Yes, that's right, dude. That's right. So so if you made one of those games, you could truly feel great about yourself. Like I didn't do anything that's, you know, going to lead someone off the cliff of, of despair right. or whatever. I didn't create a platform where a seven-year-old is shouting the N-word at a 40-year-old over a you know neural <laughs> exactly. network somewhere or exactly. where 14-year-olds are like going through the motions of, of shooting and raping people like the mm. Grand Theft Auto or something. I, right. All right, I'm getting glum again. Yeah. Read, the, read the tweet. You know what's going to make you less glum? It's some of the con- contemplative musings of Richard Rohr at Richard there Rohr. We go. Oh, I want to call him Richard Rohr. Rohr. <laughs> Can we do that, <laughs> dude? Okay, <laughs> I, I gotta go like deeply off book here, and for the life of me, Zach, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I don't remember what metro area it was that we lived in, like KK and I, at some point during our marriage, but there was a used car dealer named Bob Rohrman. And he, <laughs> he he spelled it like this, and the little cheap like local TV ad graphic was a lion, and it would always <laughs> it, it would always say Bob Roarman. So uh, let's see, Richard Roar. <laughs> Except that he's the opposite of a lion in that he's he is completely safe. 
Zachary. Right, yeah. So, so like, Aslan the lion is, you know, not safe. Not exactly yeah. a tame lion. But um, Richard but Rohrman Richard, the lion is completely safe. He's like a as lion. As is his god, yes. He's like a lion that's been declawed and had its teeth removed. <laughs> it sort of had the vim and vigor taken out of it, like, uh, in, in other ways as well. Um, here we go. I think go. we need to point out, though, that he, if, if he's one of the two old men, he, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't lean toward grizzled, he leans toward adorable. Um, mm. except that I think there's a third category where they use that, yes. uh, to kind of snake in and, uh, like, like bring, like leveraged adorable, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Leveraged adorability, which is a sneaky move. Which is a kind of guy that I hate, dude. <laughs> I really do hate like leveraged. A ad- kind of guy. A kind, a kind of guy. Right. The kind of guy that like. Acts all adorable and grandfatherly, but really ha- he has like a a, a very um, a, a very a, what's the word like negative agenda to push. A, a, uh, a, a, it's well, this is basically wolf in sheep's clothing situation. That's right. right. That's what we're it's describing. A nefarious it. agenda here. Nefarious. And, that was the word I was looking for. You're such a word guy. Well done. Hold uh, on a minute. Erin just mm-hmm. said she's going to be loud a minute, and I am sure she's going to be loud a minute. I gotta get out. So I go to okay. study. How, why is it that like the formerly emergent leftist church, like uh-huh. that whole like the Jericho press crowd is yeah. is lousy with these like leveraged these kinds of guys. guys? Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like that crowd is Jim Wallace. Uh, yeah, you know, dude. Ron Sider. Yeah, Brian yeah. McLaren. I don't know. I wouldn't call him adorable. He's. He, I think yeah. he sees himself as the brawler lion guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he does once in a while. He he he. he if you anyone ever goes on the attack rhetorically, mm-hmm. I think up comes the like the the fleece, the yes. the sheep's clothing to say, hold on, why are you attacking? Yeah, um, yeah, that's it's right. It's a real passive aggressive posture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely, it's very interesting. It's very very interesting. Now, I think what makes Richard Rohr like that much funnier for us is the fact that, and I think this is important, right? This is important in the in the ethos of what makes somebody like this funny is that in the Venn diagrams of our lives, we, we both have slivers of people in our lives who really like ride with the whole Richard Rohr thing. Like whatever mm-hmm. his shtick is, um, there, there are people in our lives that we can identify that really ride with this stuff, which makes it that much funnier. Um, oh, and sadder and sadder. That's right. So, um, Ted, it was the first time we ever hung out in mm-hmm. 2009 mm-hmm. when, one person in our in our gang there coined the term "ha ha sad." Yes, and uh, this sad. is "ha ha sad." This is "ha ha sad." So this is uh, at Richard Rohr OFM describes himself as a Franciscan friar, author, and teacher, founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, <laughs> New Mexico. What are the odds, Zach, that the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque there is like adjacent to one of those places where you can? plunk down 20 bucks and like paint your own piece of pottery. You know what I mean? <laughs> I bet it's in the same strip mall. Or it's in the back room. How many, how many like square miles until you hit a vape shop? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the center for action and contemplation. I wonder, you know what? I'm yeah. doggone it. I'm going to Google it just because we have that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going there too. Yeah. I want it wanted to be noted that we still haven't read a single <laughs> Albuquerque, here Center it is, Albuquerque, action, New Mexico. Contemplation, here we are. 
Dude, what do you want to bet that there's not a lot of action happening there? You know what I mean? I, mean, I think it's, yeah, heavy it's on a different... contemplation. Even though they lead with the action and the name. They lead with the action, but I, I'm guessing there's not a lot of... Oh, dude, look at it. It looks like... Mm. It's all like Adobe. Ah. Oh. I, I, I actually really like the look of it. It's, it's yeah. I love I love that. Dude, like, look, Aaron... they've got like a little like Zen garden. They can go out and rake the pebbles and stuff. Aaron's going to Albuquerque uh, in less than a month. I want her to drop in and say hi to Richard. Dude, she should. Roarman. Dude, look, they've got one of those like outdoor like library bookshelf things where you can go and grab like a undoubtedly crappy and and heretical talking about a tiny free library. Yeah, yeah, tiny free library. I love those things, but yeah, uh, I, I go through them and I, I weed them of probably everything yeah. you would find. I don't love them yet. when they're filled with heresy. Um, <laughs> dude, look at this place. Wow. Look at this place. Ah. Dude, what a riot. What is contemplation? That's Dude, that's right up there with what is freelance writing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a, a funhouse mirror kind of situation i think listen my man i, I know we haven't gotten to the tweet yet but i'm gonna read a, a couple sentences from what is contemplation okay um, where, where are you at I'm, okay I, you must be in a different spot of the website if um, you go to who we are no about cac and, okay. and hover you can get what who is contemplation are. oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah and here's the thing about our, our boy richard roar man, he's <laughs> he's a franciscan friar but why wouldn't he be wearing like the the robe with the 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 rope Tied around his waist. Well, he's in like an old man's sweatshirt. Like he's, I, I think it's unsafe. I, th- I think, I think the something about the habit, the robe, uh, connotes uh, unsafeness. Dude, look at him. Maybe. I feel like his, <laughs> so. I feel like his arms are really short. <laughs> that might be foreshortening because he's pointing at the camera. Yeah, that's or true. Or maybe he's just stubby armed. I don't know. I maybe. mean, I understand the man camera relationship, but like, still, they they look. <laughs> Shorter than normal. <laughs> uh, all right. Everything we do, the Center for Action and Contemplation, CAC, is intended to support your growth as a, as a loving, compassionate human being. Mm. As you listen, watch, or read along, our hope is that you will open your heart, mind, and, bo- <laughs> and body, <laughs> body. to new ways of thinking and being. Ooh. Oh, CAC. CAC, so, dude. CAC is... They're coming in hot right now. They're coming into your body. Sometimes... <laughs> you, <laughs> You may feel as if you're rediscovering something you already knew to be true. Sometimes you may feel as though you're encountering something that you know to be nonsense. (laughs) Disregard that feeling. (laughs) We've made no vows to not laugh at this. Uh, Sometimes sometimes you may feel uncomfortable or confused. (laughs) Sometimes you may feel like you are in a carnival fun house full of mirrors. Sometimes you may feel like you're being separated from your money. For absolutely no reason. <laughs> You're not even getting a funny rapture novel in That's response. right. That's right. Whatever your reaction, we invite you to be present in italics, mm. emphasis his, mm. uh, to this feeling and let it, it teach you. Let the feeling, let the feeling that, teach you. The and what feeling, the feeling is, if you're uncomfortable or confused, let that teach you. What does it teach you? I... Mm. <laughs> Oh my gosh. In this short video, CAC's founder, Father Richard Rohrman, shares why this approach is so... Dude, here, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is this somebody that is a mentor to Father Vincent Romero? Oh, gotta be, dude. Vince has been out here. He's been out to Albuquerque. He, You know what he's done? You know what Vince has done? When he knew he couldn't afford a plane ticket and lodging in Albuquerque, he did it anyway. And he, he went to, 
he went to the center for contemplation. <laughs> he thought he'd have enough of a breakthrough there that it would make up for. Yeah, that's uh, right. And he, and didn't, he didn't, though. of course. He was confused and uncomfortable most of the <laughs> and time. And he let that teach him that he made he, a big mistake he, in that's going right. there. He let it teach him that actually, in fact, he didn't have the money for the plane ticket. <laughs> and and his wife was going to be really mad when he got home. Oh, my God. Dude, I kind of want to watch a couple seconds of the video. Are you with me? Bring it up, dude. Do okay, it. Hold on. Gonna Are we going to try to watch it at the same time? Yeah. Let's, right, let's do it. We've never done this before. This is. I feel close to you now. Oh, I know, right, dude. I feel uncomfortable and confused. Hey, on let that teach you. I just want to let you know. Um, I want to know, Zach, is your heart, mind, and body open right now <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to new ways of thinking and being? Are we there? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say sixty percent open. Okay, right? that's good. All that's right. enough. That's a start. Okay, and we're gonna hit play on one, not okay. after one. Okay, right? five, four, three, two, play. Yes, dude. 2018 theme. Oh, this is going mm, back a ways. This yeah, isn't going to have with, like going pandemic stuff in it. Reading as pra- spa- reading as spiritual practice. I can read. Almost ten years ago. Yes. His voice is exactly what I thought it would be. Center yeah. In New Mexico, came to me and said, "What about if we start putting online some of the many things you talk about?" I'm Dude, get to I the point. Yeah. Too many things. <laughs> Talk about too many things or pieces and offer them to people on a daily basis. Do big pause before basis. I don't know who's gonna listen on a daily kind of kind of kind of. It grew from there, and every year I feel like I've wasted half my life on this video already. Checked in. Did he feel like he's tired? I feel like he ran a five k and then he like sat down and hit record. Writings and talks. And it's the special kind of fatigue you get from not doing anything but contemplation. Dude, it's it's contemplation fatigue. It's safe guy fatigue. introduce a lot of ideas that sometimes at first blush Dude, we probably get to the seem scary, Hold on, edgy, scary, edgy, dangerous. I don't think they are. Believe it or not, they're old I pride myself they're dangerous, but not being new. a That's traditionalist. Right. Listen, he's a traditionalist. I would never have the courage to say the things I do. Mm. Or say them with any kind of mm. self-confidence. If I couldn't draw them from Scripture, uh, from the whole four thousand year tradition of Judaism and Christianity, or from classical Protestant liberalism uh, yes, of the early nineteen hundreds. Okay, yeah, let's lose this guy and hear the tweet. All that build-up, it better be good, dude. I want to know what kind of action they do there, but I don't think I don't think there's a lot of action. I, I think don't it's just think there, there's no action. No, no, it's no action. the The action the action happens on Twitter. Um, which is as it should be. Zach, um, <laughs> the randomizer 25 minutes ago found a tweet, and uh, now it's it's time for me to read it. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Okay. This is at Richard Rohr OFM. <laughs> when you recognize that inner voice as the voice of God and say what it has taught you, the sickness in your heart will melt away. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I, I must have misunderstood. Yeah. When you recognize your inner voice right. as the voice of, of God? Yes, that's, you that's right. You have no idea yeah. what my inner voice says, man. Yeah, so the inner voice... God that, is... Yeah. Wow. That, that's actually the voice of God. At least that's consistent, though. That's consistent with whatever you feel. Let that feeling teach you. Let that feeling teach you. Let that Open feeling... Open your body. 
Yeah. Open open your body. How open is your body right now? Still at sixty percent? No, I'm 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 not I'm not as dilated as I was earlier. Um my my body soul openness is at like eight percent right now. It's gone down. Dude, is there a, is there a meter? You think there's a, a, like a tool you can download from from uh, the the CAC website? CAC. It's like how dilated is the cervix of your soul at the moment? Dude, the CAC, CAC has a lot of they have a lot of resources. Um, there's a lot of a lot of tools, a lot of different things you can use, and um, you know we're gonna need action. to we'll need to spend some time. A lot of action, dude. A lot of action. That's why he was so tired from all the action. <laughs> exactly, dude. He was wiped out. Doggone it. This guy's been Also, he's been action. alive for 207 years or something. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's 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 pull the, the lever again here. Okay. I think there's more we have to learn in our body and or... Our body, soul. mind, soul journey that we're on here. Yeah. Um, I, do you think that Richard Rohr is the originator of the Magical Mystery Tour spiritual exercise that we see I've in gotta think. Form? Yeah, I've got to think that like... You know, he would like he would levitate and he would extend those little arms and he'd be he'd be flying around all over the place. Don't you think? <laughs> Maybe that's why he's tired. He's Dude, just been he's, on a long he's been flight. flying. Flying over some like, Why aren't we still flying? Flying over some toxic waste dumps. Like the whole oh deal, man. Oh my gosh. Dude, that would that was in the original script actually. After they landed uh-huh. on their their journey, mm-hmm. uh, the I can't even remember who was the female in that. Oh, it was uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Uh, she said, "Why aren't we still flying?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't it was it's in the director's cut. All right. Yeah. So here, here's another one. This one's from uh, this very day, August uh, 22. Dying is not extraneous to life. It is part of the mystery, and we do not understand life until we stand under death. Hmm. Wow. See again, there again. I'm I'm not supposed to say anything, and and uh, and I did. Uh, so d- dying is not a, dying is not extraneous to life. I'm just trying to like parse this. It is part of the mystery. Actually, I don't I don't think it's all that mysterious. I think it's what happens when like when you, you stop know, living. Li- when you stop living, yeah. <laughs> to me, Zach, it's one of the least mysterious things there is, in, in you know, in a in a manner of speaking. But uh, I, I don't want to theologically take this apart because it's um, yeah. theologically speaking, it's there's nothing to take apart. But like, right. how how can you say you're drawing on like the scriptures? How bad mm-hmm. do you mangle the meta narrative before you go? Listen, dying is like one of the most mysterious and beautiful parts of living, and right. like it's it's part of the point from the beginning. Like right, stand yeah, under like, it, guys. Right, like serious note for a minute. I mean, you, you've been around a lot of death lately, and you know, I, I've been around my fair share of it, and and as well. And I would not say that it's a beautiful, mysterious thing. I would say rather that it's without qualification, like the grossest and most awful manifestation of the fall. Right. I feel like um, you know how there are mothers who are like, "Oh, the birth of a baby is so spiritual." You know, it's just uh-huh. such a beautiful, miraculous, spiritual thing. And when when our son was born, my wife went into it and came out of it, both saying, "Nope, not going to be mysterious. It's it is a amazing thing that God made our bodies so they can do this." 
But sure. the thing itself is like a, you know, it's just like a bloody, painful mess. Uh, and, right. the, and I think the same thing is that people have these high <laughs> expectations of deathbeds and death and stuff. Mm-hmm. And having been at... I bet I've been at a hundred deathbeds. I have, I have yeah. I've been there when many 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 people die, and mm. there's a big difference between facing that horrible last enemy, that horrible invader, uh, knowing that you're going to be safe through it, and facing it right. with it being completely unknown. And there's yeah. a beauty in the pe- the people being able to face the, this ugly horrible thing with peace, but it doesn't ma- baptize the ugly horrible thing and make it. That's right. Like, like, I mean, you've you've gone so like sideways into mysticism when you start saying this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That how do you look at yourself in the mirror in your little like non-friar sweatshirt and take yourself yeah. seriously? Right. As a thinker right. or a theologian or a contemplator or whatever. Right. Well, um, I, I think we need to go back to the randomizer one yeah. more time. Oh, uh, maybe a couple. Uh, uh, these are yeah. really bringing a lot. Dude, listen, my body's opening up again, as is my soul and my mind, <laughs> and it's filling up. Well, that's what it, that's as it should be. Um, you know, don't don't get over over full though. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want that to happen to your body. But I may have to purge far, after this actually, but <clears throat> far be it for me to say what happens to your body. Um, that's that's up to that's up to you and Richard Rohr. Okay. Um, <laughs> actually, I live in gov- uh, in Michigan, so it's more up to the governor. But it's up to you and Governor uh, Whitmer and and Richard and Father Rohr. Rohr yes. Rawr. All right. Here we go. Fire it up, baby. I am pulling the lever now, and oh, listen okay. to those beautiful beeps. How can such a beautiful mm. sound give birth to such nonsense? Well, it's part of the mystery of life. <laughs> It's not extraneous to life, but if, it's just part of the mystery. If it makes you uncomfortable or or annoyed or perplexed, just let that teach you. Zach, I've often heard said that we do not really understand the randomizer until we stand under under it, underneath <laughs> the randomizer. So you know, I would not actually advise that, that. It's not held to the wall with much. I, it's not my best lashing <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, exactly. It could come crashing exactly. down at any moment. Exactly. And it must weigh fourteen hundred pounds. So, all right, mm. let's let's hear what this one says. Yeah. <laughs> this 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 one's interesting. I gotta I gotta chew on this for a minute. Um, here it is. This is at Richard Rohr OFM. Mere critique and analysis are not salvation. They are not liberation. Nor are they spacious. They are not wonderful at all. <laughs> That seems like a lot of unrelated categories. That it does. I wonder does. if something got deleted. And this isn't in a reaction to that tweet. This is like no. more a thought like no, 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 did no. we get the fullness yeah. of the tweet? Because did we get the fullness of the tweet? Give me yeah, give me the I categories will. again. They're not what? Mere critique and analysis are not salvation. They're not salvation. Got it. Okay, so that I think we can agree. That's true. Yeah. They are not liberation. They're not liberate. Okay, so they don't liberate you. Okay. Nor are they spacious. That you've lost me? They are not wonderful at all. Well, there it is. Michael, I'll bite. We took an odd left turn there from liberation yeah. to, to spaciousness. Space, 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 yeah, like square footage. Remember Space Church? Orbit with yes. us? Space Church. And then they're not wonderful. So Yeah, no, they're not wonderful at all, dude. Not at all. What, what um, must it be like to be able to completely free associate... 
and just say whatever the crap pops into your head as long as the words are in a certain kind of profile of, of term <clears throat> yes. and have everyone who reads it, who follows you, assume that deep. it's deep. Yes. Yes. That would be amazing. I mean, it, at some level, I'm jealous of Richard Rohr. He, he, was, he was the kind of guy that, like, I don't know, a, a few decades ago, somebody was like, hey, that Richard Rohr, he's brilliant. And the, the right people were like, yeah, I, I think he's brilliant. And it just kind of snowballed, right? Yes. Um, because clearly he isn't brilliant. Um, so you're saying the emperor is wearing no clothes, but I'm saying the emperor is wearing like a sad sweatshirt. Like a really nice little sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> In lieu of the proper... I just feel like with the whole Anglican thing and like the, mm-hmm. the return to mystery thing that's that's kind of a stripe through the emergent uh, village, you know, yeah. the Renaissance fair that is the current re- emergent <laughs> village... Um, right. That you 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 would want to put on the like scratchy robe with the hood and oh dude right if we're if we're playing dress up dude let's do it right so why is he wearing that sweatshirt is my question I don't know he wouldn't wear that to a Renaissance fair why wear it to <laughs> well, dude why wear it to CAC you know that's where I'm at <laughs> if you're not larping you're not cacking that's what they say <laughs> that's right. Oh. All right, I, I think I want to pull up one more. Let me give it a, a yank over here. <laughs> I was thinking up. about something else, dude. I was just, I'm getting my laughter out of the way before I read the tweet. Yeah. yeah I'm not that there's going to be anything to laugh. I'm not prejudging it. I'm not anythinging it. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we are. We've got one. Uh, another one from uh, the OFM. Mm. Without ignoring our suffering... The Earth is surely breathing a sigh of relief from the reduction in pollution and fossil fuel use these past months. Ooh. So okay. he's hopping on a particular bandwagon there, I believe. Dude, uh, he's getting all scientific. He's like, hey, you think it sucks that you've been trapped in your house for six months? Oh, no. We are the virus. That's right. The Earth is oh. healing itself. So death mm-hmm. is is. Beautiful part of the mystery, but not if it's caused by pollution or fossil fuel use. Exactly. Then it's bad. Um, <laughs> only if it's caused by something else is death part of the mystery. <laughs> Dude, I bet a lot of ceramics got painted there a cack during the <laughs> during during you know the, the the quarantine. You know what I mean? A lot of Adobe got painted. Um, Do you think they shut of, down oh, though? Do you think they locked down? I don't know, dude. I th- I think. I've got to think he lives there in CAC somewhere. You know what I mean? He's got a little like. He do you think? Okay, so here's here's something to chew on, and then and then I gotta go. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna drop this think, bomb and run. Do you think Richard Rohr is like the the kind of deep guy, the kind of deep safe guy, deep safe round face guy who's like ascetic? Do you think he sleeps on a little cot with like a scratchy blanket? Or do you think he has like a really nice mattress? You know I, what I mean? I think he he's working hard to to look the part of the um, the ascetic, <clears throat> the do not mm-hmm. touch, do not taste, do not handle type of situation yeah. that is very much uh, encouraged or or not encouraged. I can't remember mm-hmm. in the scriptures. Um, well, it's not encouraged, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that you know what I, I feel like a jerk saying this, but my my mm-hmm. sense is with most of these guys in this this spiritual space it's yeah. more about image and less about substance and i think that having read right. his tweets 
that's that that instinct of mine has been borne out and uh, affirmed. Do you think he takes his baths in a giant sink like Terry Silver? <laughs> a giant Adobe sink, though. I, I think, yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you think that CAC offers spiritual direction? <laughs> I think it does. CAC does not offer individual spiritual direction. They oh. will recommend a spiritual director in your area. A director, dude. <laughs> dude, that, that dude. I kind of want to be. I kind of want to be suggested to a director in my area and see what happens. <laughs> or being suggested as a director in your area. That'd be even more funny to see what happens. Dude, I would love to see who does this crap in West Tennessee. You know what I mean? Oh, you, they, they all work at your university, don't they? They probably do. Uh, uh, but and they're, and, and here in Michigan, they're all clergy in my denomination. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But I think that uh, this was this was very popular late '90s, early 2000s. Like when I was in yeah. seminary, they were even mm-hmm. starting to toy with the spiritual formation, spiritual director type thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. For 99% of the world that jumped the shark a while back, like a decade ago at least, but for a very uh-huh. small sliver that continues to be like a very legitimate and and really a, a necessary aspect of your, your spiritual growth and maturity. Mm. <laughs> Dude, this is something. <laughs> what a... What an what an interesting thing for us to have like wandered into today. You know what I mean? I mean via the via the the, the randomizer. Obviously. I wouldn't wander into it right now because I am not a monster. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's right. Of course, of course. Maybe we have. Um... We don't need to wander anywhere. We're we're going to uh, more content from here, right? Yeah, that's right. We're not wandering to and fro anywhere, and I'm not I'm not signing you off from anything. This is just a segment. <laughs> This is just a journey. You know, it's just it's a, all part of the mystery. It's part of a beautiful, mysterious dance that you and I are in together. And I hope that our hearts and minds and our bodies are open to what we're about to experience. That's all I can say. Listener, as you move into this next segment that was recorded in uh, beautiful, free Tennessee, when it was probably freer than it is now, um, yeah. I want you to, yeah, keep keep the cervix of your soul at about 19 inches. And whatever you feel, let it teach you. Ooh. We are back with another episode, though, because even though this is a uh, refreshing kind of retreat, it's a time away for us as a company, um, we're also doing work. We're making content. Yeah, Yeah, it's a working retreat, um, and you are the beneficiary because we're creating a lot of episodes this week. Which is good, because we went like a month without dropping Mm -hmm. one. So, hey, I was just thinking about these cigars we're smoking. What about We're both doing the same one. I was going to say, I'm smoking one of these Fumas, Mm -hmm. but it says F-U-N-A-S on the bands. There's a Rocky Patel label. Yeah. Is it like Fumas is the name of it? I don't know. And Fuma is not a singular? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. They're pretty good. They're good. Yeah. That's the best I can say for them. Yeah. But it's a pretty solid price. It's a, so, it's a solid stick, man. Tastes like a $8 cigar, yeah. but I got them for cheaper with the gut check card. There you go, man. Well done. By well the way, done. I apologize again. We had to go Dutch for lunch because mm-hmm. I forgot the gut check card at home. Yeah. And that didn't feel like very corporate retreating. It didn't do. We're Paying still for lunch? What kind are of we finding else? our way around this thing. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get that card ready. We're going to have it, uh, have it locked and loaded for dinner. Lattes this afternoon. Um, we're going to head back to the coffee shop. Shout out the coffee shop, downtown Humboldt. 
unspeakably charming little uh, little where we met Luke place. Wampus. Yeah, where the Luke Wampus legend really began. And uh, I'm going to tell you this too. Yeah. I almost put on the same shorts that I had on yesterday. Yeah. Um, which had the wallet with the yeah, yeah. with the uh, gut check card in it, yeah. and then I didn't. I stopped, and I was like, I don't see anything on them, but I feel like everyone would know mm, that it was the same shorts twice twice in a row. Yeah, dude, I did the same shorts. Well, if I'd have known you were going to do the same shorts, we wouldn't have had to pay for lunch. Dude, you know why? You want to hear the logic behind why I did that? Yeah, it's because you came out this morning in a great Lansing Lugnuts like minor league baseball swag uh-huh. uh, and you wanted to go generals and I, and I wanted to go I wanted to go my generals hat but I wanted to wear some other minor league baseball swag uh, which is this red which Nashville, matches those blue shorts, Nashville yeah. Sounds t-shirt with a little blue accent that matches the blue shorts now is that same same league as the, the... no these guys are triple A I was gonna yeah, say yeah, yeah it seems AAA. but um, and it matches the shoes uh, the loafers so uh, Ted you're put together today thank you baby I appreciate it appreciate it. Zach, you know what else is put together? What's that? Um, our books. You know, We have books to talk about. And that they've been put together, but they're they're also really put together. They're put together with glue and cardboard and paper. <laughs> right. But also they're attractive and they, they, everything about them looks cohesive, which is another way to kind of talk about being put together. Um, which, book, <laughs> which books do you want to talk about, baby? I want to talk about a couple of your books. Okay. First of all, I want to talk about Big New Book. Big new book, not dude. to be confused with big new omnibus. That's or right. A huge new book. Would Talk about want? big new book. Like make that distinction. Big clear new for book is if you wanted to look it up technically by e by I was saying ESPN <laughs> ISBN, uh-huh. um, you would find in the author bio yeah. ESPN. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're gonna find that it's technically called a hard thing on a beautiful day. Yeah. And other essays yeah. by Ted Cluck. It is a book that uh, people were long awaiting. Mm-hmm. People went ahead and bought a crap ton of, yeah. unlike say Mega, which yeah. we were just whining about in the last episode. Right, right. Um, it's fallen off a little bit. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah. But I just wanted to bring it up again because if there are people who were going to buy it yeah. and they didn't, um, I think now's the time. Yeah. Give it another little bounce, little boost. You will love this book. It is available. I think it's still. Um, hold on. Let me see if it's not available as a. If it's not available here yet as uh, ebook, mm-hmm. I will make sure it is by the time this airs, and that would probably help. No, never mind. I remember staying up like till three a.m. one night formatting the ebook. Wow, it is. Dude, it is available. Thank you for doing that, yeah. dude. No problem. That was a lot of fun putting that together. Dude, it was such fun putting that together. It's my favorite cover of my career. Um, oh, thanks, beautiful, man. beautifully done cover. Kind of minimalist. So I would say like two thirds of the cover is Catcher in the Rye esque. And the other third is like an image of my son running a cross-country race. And uh, those two things together are like two of my favorite things. So. Dude, that freaking font. Yeah, That's beautiful. the most we've ever paid for a font. We've paid for some fonts. We have. You know, because I, fonts are very important to me. Fonts are important to you. I love the fonts that you pick. Not stealing fonts is also important to that's me. That's true, dude. A lot of people's hard work. Yeah. Dude, a ton of people don't care because if you're a, like, especially if you're an independent uh, font designer, which yeah. is a lot of people, more people than you'd think. Yeah. You don't have time, you don't have the resources to like track down everyone using it and sue them or send them a cease and desist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like honor system. Yeah. And I feel like Gut Check, one of our values is we do this stuff indie totally. and we want to respect those other yeah. people who do it indie. We, we want to take care of other people who do it indie. We're sure. not so worried about doers, but I had a thought, man. Okay. If we're worried about it, and maybe we should seek some outside counsel. Yeah, yeah. Duke Morrison, doers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Fourth Dave should weigh yeah. in. We could just spell doers like different. Yeah. D U A R S or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. would be weird, but let's find out if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to big new book. Is Fourth Dave a lawyer? 
No, he's just the guy who runs the good chick legal. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, a copy yeah. editor, actually. Yeah. The word legal is attached to his name. So, of course, he has expertise in this area that we can lean on. Yeah, but enough about that. Let's talk about Big New Book. Big New Book was broken into four sections. Life, sports, pop culture, and gut check, which is all the like funny jokes and the ha-ha and the weird mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and a lot of stuff that was inspired by... My favorite section, X. dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to edit this out while I bring yeah. this up to our mouth level. Um, and... I think that uh, it's the most represented. Ted, I haven't read all of your books now. Yeah, I hate to say that. That's okay. There was a time six years ago when I could say, yes, I've read all your books at least once. Up to speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you came out with some that I didn't even really know about, and you yeah. came out with some that I just wouldn't benefit from mm-hmm. because I'm not the target audience. But having read, I mean, most everything. Sure. And having read almost all of your at least anything you send me, you're yeah. like you're like uh, USA Today and, and Jackson Sun stuff. Little columns here and there, yeah. I feel like this is the most representative of who Ted Cluck is as a writer and as yeah. a dude. I kind of agree, dude. Spanning, you know, you get into the really the the uh, kind of deep dive on sports stuff in some yeah. of it, which is part of you know your ability, your your skills as a writer. Yeah. Um, and you get into uh, analysis of pop culture, mm-hmm. and you get into the what everyone loves most about Ted Cluck writing is the creative nonfiction memoir stuff. Mm-hmm. The memoir, especially where, and I feel like you were on you were on the bleeding edge of this when it was fairly new, mm-hmm. writing the book about something else, where your experience of it is a completely inseparable part of. Yeah, kind of. For a example, I'm thinking of uh, both facing Tyson mm-hmm. and Paper Tiger. Yeah, yeah, especially Paper Tiger. Yeah. yeah. Where it's your memoir, mm-hmm. but it's a story of something else. Yeah. That is Ted Cluck. It's, it's quintessential Ted Cluck. And there's a ton of that in this book. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about it, too, is you can sit down and read a three-page essay here and there. Yeah. It's a great little punchy, like, it's not a big-time commitment. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably people who bought it. And they've slowly made their way through it a couple times. Yeah. A snippet at a time. Dude, you know what? I've gotten really nice notes from people about that. Yeah? Yeah. So if you're listening and you've taken the time to write me a note, thank you so much. Very encouraging. I read and respond to every word of, uh, of those notes. And um, yeah, it's, it's really special when people make a connection with the work in that way. Um, so, big new book. It's actually called A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day. <laughs> big See, new we're, book we're, a... we're undercutting our own efforts here by calling it by its colloquial name, its nickname. It's kind of like a term of endearment in a marriage, you know? <laughs> like when you used to call your wife lovey, which you don't do anymore. And yeah, that yeah. makes me sad. No, no, we've, we've moved on to other things. Um, yeah, the other things that you call each other are really uncomfortable for other people present. <laughs> They're very true. graphic. Yeah. Dude, that reminds me of that scene in The Other Guys where. Um, he can't talk to his wife anymore. So she sends she, her, she her sends mom. The, yeah. Like with a walker. <laughs> the things you say to each other, they're too personal. So funny. It's so great, dude. Dude, hey, yeah. don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, that's right. I don't want no uh, scrubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see the, the meme early on where uh, it was like in the protests about... This is the, the, the quaint old days when the protests were about the lockdowns. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, there was a guy driving around a corner. And someone was shouting out a window. And then there was a, a doctor like in full-on uh-huh. pr- protective gear. Yeah. And it said, this picture is someone hanging out the passenger side of their best friend's ride <laughs> trying to holler at a person wearing scrubs. <laughs> Dude, that's a great one. That's a great one. 
I'm looking up uh, this book on here just to double, triple check that yeah. you've got. Uh, yes, there is an ebook available, okay. and it's also I just remembered on the Nook. Yeah, if you've nice. got a Nook, you can get it for your your Barnes and Noble device. You Great. can get it on Barnes and Noble. So a hard thing on a beautiful day. It's got 19 reviews right now on uh, Amazon. Amazon. If you if you bought it, you read it. I think you should probably. I think you should probably leave a review if you didn't. Throw a couple reviews. It's on five them, stars five right stars. now. Five stars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's already five stars. Just oh, that's not nice. unlike your uh, rate my professors. No. How does it feel to do like the absolute top in every category of life, Ted? Dude, it's funny because like all kidding aside, historically for my book career. I've been more of a four, four and a half star guy. Like almost for every project, there's been this four, four and a half star kind of threshold. Um, but I think this is the kind of book that people can, they can just love the writing. They can love being with it. Um, whereas a book like Why We're Not Emergent or Why We Love the Church, those books were like almost position papers. Like they were, they were a book about an argument rather than a book about just pleasure and enjoyment. Although granted in those, no? the one making the argument most of the time wasn't you. That's right. Yeah, but people still got uh, mad at it because that's what people do. So that drags it down the one stars, the obligatory one and two star totally, reviews. Totally, Where they're like, yeah. oh, this didn't even have any cohesive argument. It was just uh-huh. two guys who were, that are just silhouettes. They're not even yeah. real guys. Yeah. Which is true of the cover. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. But uh, plot twist. Those aren't the right guys. Exactly. If you're going to go after those guys, you and, and Katie Y are safe. Those are the other guys. The other me, guys! Ah. Me and Katie Y were like the... Uh, the, the <laughs> you're definitely the Wahlberg. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Alan. What was his name in the movie? Alan... Uh, oh, I don't remember. Yeah. But, dude, the Yankee Clipper. Yeah. That was it's such so a... so funny. This has been me and Ted talking about an eight-year-old movie <laughs> as if it just came out exactly. last week. Because we both realized we recently <laughs> watched it, and it was yeah. super funny. Um, by the way, a nice segue here. Mm-hmm. Frequently bought together. Okay. Buy both for $19. Okay. A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day and The Extraordinary Life of a... Mm, mediocre Jock. Mediocre. I thought it was mediocre, but it looks like it starts with a J here. Like, Jungle Jock. Let me look in closer. It is mediocre. I just yeah. don't have good eyes anymore. I am old. So that's the first one. That's the first graphic novel. But we right. got a second one that just dropped mid-COVID, dude. So I can really pick them. It's a them COVID book. In terms of, t- like, <laughs> when to drop a book. And what I like to do, Zach, I like to wait until all commerce in the country shuts down. And I'm like, now. Let's release a book now. Ted, that's funny, but... Uh-huh. Um, I mean, my wife works in the book biz. Yeah. I just said biz. Yeah, it's Okay. Dude, I like it. How that's kind of Wall Street. Can I roll that back know? a little? Yeah. My wife is in the book business, uh-huh. and uh, it, it seems to me. I mean, they're doing a little, a little bit of everybody's doing a little bit of like let's yeah. control spending. Sure, sure. But it seems to me that one area where people were still spending money when they were locked up in their homes with nothing yeah. to do was on books. So I yeah. don't think it was the worst timing. I mean, like, well, unfortunately, my publisher was from Portland, which is the epicenter of like. Oh, did they shut down all altogether? Things you know, woke shutdown. So, uh, oh, so yeah. yeah, they they pretty much like just vacated for a while. But uh, but they're back. The book is back. The book is back online. You can get it on um, Amazon.com. Again, another small company that we've partnered with uh, for book sales reasons. Dude, the first one's on sale right now for five bucks. Dude, that's solid. They should people get a, should get get them. They both. should get one of those. Yeah, yeah, they should get one of those. I'll tell you what. I'm I am featured in a sense in the second book. Yeah, talk about that. Dude. I read about a third feel? of it last night while we were sitting here hanging out. Mm-hmm. It felt wonderful. I haven't really gotten to my stuff yet. Okay, but the thing is hilarious. It's a very. It's. It, I would say it's in the tradition of. Um, 
the uh, good grief, what's the Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yeah, yeah. But instead of the Wimpy Kid, this is the jock, and it shows that everyone has kind of the struggles. Everybody has insecurities and yeah. insecurities, and now mm-hmm. he's out of his element because yeah. he's in, involved. He's trying in, to do a play. Yeah, for a girl, trying to do Shakespeare. So. And, and it's dude, it's it's funny. Yeah, and your voice is all over it. I oh, love I that. You you don't yeah. change it to talk down to the kids. No, dude, I'd never talk down to kids. And that's which, the secret, I think. Which is nice that our kids are getting old enough now where we can really connect. You know, because um, I, I wouldn't talk down to them when they were younger. But yeah, uh, so you'd be like, uh, listen, son, I've noticed that you keep on soiling your pants. <laughs> uh, grow up. Right. Or there's going to be consequences. You don't see me soiling my pants. I mean, yes. usually. I mean, when I'm an old yeah, man, yeah, maybe. Yeah, right, then, right. then you'll see what it's like. That's right. That's right. No, but uh, had a blast writing it, dude. A lot of gut check universe in jokes um, in the Awkward Theater Kid book, man. Yes. Um, yes. And a lot of connections. Of bull dude, strength. Bull strength. So that connects it to Chaz in yep. that world, which also is, um, is, is in something else. Yeah. It, it's also connected to. Uh, Empty Factory Indiana Empty Factory Indiana Which connects it to Doors Yeah But then there was also The uh, Allergy Which connects it to Rapture. Yeah dude Allergy That's right Allergy The place where you go in And you give them a list Of your allergies And they make you a They custom make you a a meal bespoke For $120 Yeah (laughs) So funny Yeah dude Dude yes Very funny stuff Get that book Get both of those books You can buy them together Mm -hmm. For a small amount here And get a lot of entertainment And buy a few For the kids in your life Absolutely These are the kinds of books kids are reading yeah see it's called a graphic novel what what constitutes a graphic novel has changed yeah because when i was even even like 10 years ago yeah that was just like a big long comic book sure so it wasn't a lot of block reading yeah now i think because of stuff like sixth grade was the worst year ever or whatever there's uh you know uh, all all these books that are that are Mm. kind of straddling that line pulling kids back into reading yeah it's like chunk of text and then like a comic book panel yeah, or a funny illustration. Yeah, and they're interwoven yeah. in interesting ways. And again, I want to say, whoever did that art is just oh, uh, dude, he's amazing. A beast. Name is Daniel Hawkins. We've never met in real life. People, people always ask me. This is like a weird, like control thing. But people are like, dude, how how heavily involved were you with the uh, illustrations? I was like zero percent involved because I can't draw. So I thought I would give the story to someone who can draw. And then let him do his thing. I can't imagine you were disappointed with any aspect of it. Dude, no, I've loved every illustration that he's ever, like, uh, generated for these books, I thought, has been 100% spot on. Not just, like, well-drawn, but also, like, really capturing the mood, the ethos, the moment. And adding a little funny here and there. Adding some humor, dude. Totally adding some humor. a a twist on it, like, Yeah. yeah, very... I'm a little bit... hesitant now that I said buy these two books together, with Mm -hmm. the Amazon buy them together option, Mm -hmm. because... Then you're going to get a book illustrated by him, and then another book illustrated by me. I'd like you to put a few books in between. No, that's fine, baby. Lower the bar. It's a different, uh, different style. You know, different, different styles altogether. But, uh, dude, can I complain about my publisher for a little bit? I don't know if that's a smart move, but I don't think it's a smart move. But I love my publisher. Okay. So shout out Harvest House. We're still good. Like together, we're we're good. Um, you don't have to worry, but they did a thing that... But you might have to worry, is my point. I might have to worry, but like... All right, go ahead. Here's the thing, dude. I gotta talk about this. I gotta get it off my chest. So, as you know, because you've been my friend for a long time, um, how to say this? Sometimes in the past, 
I haven't done a whole lot to market my books. That I know that for a fact. You yeah. know that for a fact. Yeah, that's not a secret. Most of the time, it weirdly doesn't come back to bite you, which is something mm-hmm. that I, I kind of makes me angry about you, but also <laughs> that I admire. Yeah, so, like, this time, for whatever reason, Zach, I don't know, call it getting older, call it call me sentimental, whatever, I was really jacked about, like, marketing this book. Well, also because this is a book where you got, like, scads of letters about like this yeah. meant a lot to my family and my kids and they're reading totally dude they my kids are reading, and yeah, reading. Yeah, yeah. so yeah of course you're excited and I was about stoked to like write yeah. another one and uh-huh. it feels really personal so like I've really loved every moment of the of these projects and um, so we're having these you, you know what this this phase is like in, a, in the the book cycle we were, we were having this phase where I had mostly written the book or I had completely written the book and we're doing these like conference calls with like marketing guys from the publisher and um, they're always really bad audio because you know it's a conference call and you know everybody's stepping on each other conversationally but one of the things I pitched in those calls was you know how every book has blurbs and we hate getting blurbs because the blurb is just this insincere kind of platitude. And if you listen to this podcast, you'll have heard Ted and I admit on several occasions that we've blurbed books that we haven't read. Oh, totally. And probably wouldn't read. And in fact, my MO for years was somebody writes and asks me for a blurb. They get a blurb back in like 25 minutes. Or, or he's this, just like, you know what? Say whatever you want. You know me. Say whatever you want. Put my name on it. We're good. <laughs> so anyway, um, I pitched to the publisher a scenario in which... Why don't we get real kids to give blurbs? Right? I'm familiar with this. Yeah, so, my, my kid was very excited to see his blurb on a book. I know, dude. Very excited. As were a lot of other kids, like in my church. And, dude, my dad, shout out my dad, is a, is a part of this incredible, like, after-school reading program down in the empty factory area. And, um, you know, he was excited to get blurbs from some of these kids. Long story short, all these kids worked really hard and put together, like incredible little blurbs in their own like sweet little tender voices and my, my son's granted sounded more like a 45 year old man yeah blurb, yeah, but, yeah um so i collected all these was super excited to send them off the publisher and then i get my books in the mail and they're not in there um and i was kind of crushed suck. dude yeah, i was a little crushed that was that was going to be very unique it was going to be next level because nobody's yeah. ever done it and i wonder why they i wonder why they chickened out did you have one from Corey hartman aj <laughs> I should have, dude. That would have been incredible. No, let's keep that just for gut check. Yeah, dude. That's it. Some that's, things don't cross over. He's got an exclusive with gut check. He's got a non-compete. He signed a non-compete. He, no, he hasn't. When he was six. He, yeah. he, dude, that dude co-wrote a book that my wife's publishing house just published. So uh, he's he's broken with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll have our legal department get together with his legal department. I think and Chaz might have had a hand in on that one, too. So. <laughs> Chaz was the third author. Um <laughs> What were we saying? Yeah, so anyway, the thing about the blurbs, I still love my That's publisher. A, that is a bummer, yeah. I wish they had done it, dude. Maybe well, for like a second edition they could... Or are they maybe using those in some of the more dude, they might use traditional them. advertising? Yeah, some of the more traditional advertising. So if you get a hold of anything... With the kids any, blurbs on it. Even if it's an it. email that went out or yeah, it's got dude. Calvin's name on it, Forward shoot it, it I want to... Yeah, yeah, we want it. We want to see it. For sure. I really, really, really would like to... Uh, yeah, but you know what? Mm-hmm. My kid is deals with disappointment better than anyone I know. That's great, dude. He, he's yeah. In many ways, I'm like trying to become more like him, which is a weird backwards thing, I guess. Yeah. But uh, he was so stoked. I heard I, I wasn't oh. in the room. I heard you give him the book. Yeah. He's been waiting for that. Yeah, dude. I told you this before. I had printed the whole book out. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and read it to him. Yeah. Because this was back when I, I was allowed to read him books. Yeah. So yeah. That's over. Uh-huh. Um, and he kept it. He said, will you staple it? I stapled uh-huh. it. He kept it like in his bookshelf. Yeah. Then when I gave him the real book, mm-hmm. I said, hey, you want me to recycle this? He's For like, the first one, Mediocre Job. Yeah, Mediocre yeah. Job. He goes, no, 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 I want to keep that too. Solid, dude. Dude, he loves, he, think, he, he makes, he'll drop like in reference jokes to that book in everyday oh, life. I love it, dude. I love it, man. That makes me so happy. And, uh, yeah, his enthusiasm when he got the the second one made me super happy too. So uh, I also like there's also the in uh, the, the the references to not just you growing up because uh-huh. it's in Empty Factory, Indiana, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and you got um, is is so you called your grandpa pops, right? Uh, yeah, my kids, my kids actually call my dad pops. Okay, so pops is kind of a he's mash- like your dad. The pops character is a mashup between my dad and me. Honestly, okay, yeah. So a lot of the stuff. I drew from him, and some of it I draw from me. But then at the same time, there's the experience, the picture, the photo, yeah. which is on your bulletin board out here, uh-huh. of your son, who is a, a very thoughtful, uh, uh, emotionally sensitive, and, and uh, accessible jock, yeah. just like Flex, yeah. in the book, trying out for a play, trying and being out, out of his element, yeah, for a girl, I think, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. So it's for almost sure. like his story via your character, yeah. via, there's a lot of your world wrapped up in totally, it. Totally, dude, totally. And we give him... Uh, what are we doing? Why didn't we call this Between the Covers? Oh, yeah. Dude, we can cut a new intro. Well, all right, we'll cut it in. Yeah. Um, Folks, this is uh, Between the Covers. This is kind of, kind of, kind of... And then, and then, and I'm your host, Zachary Bartles. I'm here with author Ted Clock. Of uh, author of uh, Russell Russell the uh, <laughs> extraordinary no rather the media no, what is it the sensational life of an awkward theater kid close enough what is it <laughs> I don't know actually. magnificent life yeah I think I might have had it right extraordinary extraordinary is the first book uh, maybe we don't cut this in maybe we maybe we go get a copy of the book hold on I just yeah. I've got Amazon right here there you go it is called the outstanding life hey there we go. And I, I'm seeing here that it's about a young man. Speak to that. <laughs> speak, to, speak into that. Speak, yeah. Into, yeah. speak some words into that. Dude, it is actually... Um, a lot of it's drawn from Tristan's experience in that play where he really was in over his head. Uh-huh. And he goes to this classical school with a bunch of these little Shakespeare nerds. And... Um, he was out of his element, very much so. But chosen for his his neck size for his, he could hold his up neck the, strength. Yeah, like, hold up the heavy. He was crown. the only one that could wear the crown for two and a half hours. So uh, <laughs> literally, not not yeah. metaphorically speaking. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm I'm loving all of that. Yeah, like, dude. That is a. If here's the thing, Ted, and I'm just uh-huh. going to say you're one of the authors. I think people read and want to know. Uh-huh. Whereas there are other authors you read and you just want to read their next thing. Sure, sure. And if you want to know, Ted, even if you don't have kids. Mm-hmm. One window right into his life and, and and a lot of what's going on with him and, and kind of his view of things is is these books. Yeah, dude. So the the kind of the chief issue facing Flex, who's the main character in this novel, is that he gets in too deep with the theater thing. He ends up getting the lead role, and he does a thing that we often do in life that I think all people do is that they get in over their head, they get intimidated, and instead of leaning into it and problem solving and making a way and kind of cutting your path through it, they just become overwhelmed and they stop trying, right? So the whole kind of second act of the of the novel is Flex just kind of retreating into himself, playing video games. Not, so he's not practicing, he's not working on the, on the play at all, and he's, he's sucking in practice, and he's terrible. Um, and, and he knows it. And he knows it, and he's, he's guilty, but he doesn't want to ask for help because he's too proud. 
And uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's really relatable on that level. And then some unlikely, like, helping hands come in, uh, including his own dad, Pops, who's more of a, like, a football guy. But um, he makes a connection with uh, one of the other kids' dads. And some unlikely friendships and alliances develop in the book. And then it ends, of course, with a huge training montage where uh, a lot of bull strength is ingested and they... Uh, Which in this book is not veterinarian-grade bull semen, but is... What is that's it? That's right. It's a little bit of a toned down. It's, it's a, like from taurine or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's a family-friendly family bull strength. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah... Th- then this they, all sounds epic, and it is epic. Yeah, it's kind of epic. They have the big, uh, the, the big training montage... Flex apologizes like he he, and that's part of like the gospel undercurrent of all this is uh, and it's it's not anything like inaccessible theologically, but just the idea that that we do have a redeemer and we have forgiveness and um, you know we can give and receive grace with other people and uh, that makes life more joyful. Did you run it by Tristan? Like I'm going to tell the yeah. story of your and he was cool. With it he was cool with it. He was he was kind of. I mean, he's 17 now. He was yeah, like yeah. 13 when this yeah, happened. So yeah. it's like not a... It's, it's become a thing that we can look back on and laugh about. And it's it's weird. It's one of those things that like... It certainly wasn't the greatest performance that he's ever put together as, a, as an athlete or an actor or whatever. It, but I was really proud of him for doing it. Because What's funny is that this dude is a performer yeah. at heart. Yeah. Since I met him when he was three years old, he's always on. He's always doing bits. Yeah. He's always doing... Yeah. You know, and he's very funny, and he's quick yeah. on his feet to do good improv. Yeah, but something about the pressure of it, maybe, or something, mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, squelched it. I think it squelched it, and I think honestly, it was the it was the whole clash of cultures. And this is something that you navigated well in high school because you were a successful theater guy. Oh no! Oh no! Swim practice, play practice, <laughs> <laughs> remix. Yeah, remix. But um, yeah, I think Tristan has always thought of himself as an athlete and that's kind of been the realm that he's the most comfortable in and, and and some of this gets addressed in the book right so like kind of switching lanes and going to hang out with like super intellectual kind of uh, kind of plugged in theater kids um, it felt weird for him and uh, I think it feels weird for Flex in the book but um, like I said some unlikely friendships develop there's someone who's kind of a nemesis in the first act and sort of midway through the second act, they become allies, and uh, they learn a little bit about each other's lives, and good things happen as a result. Dude, buy this book. It's called The Outstanding Life yeah. of an Awkward Theater Kid, the sequel to The Extraordinary Life of a Mediocre Jock. This has been Between the Covers with Zack and Ted, <laughs> and it's book covers that we're talking about, yeah. uh, and there's another Between the Covers... Uh, and that's not the one that you're listening to now. That's right. This is about books. It's a book podcast about book covers. Non-erotic. <laughs> Dude, what if there was another, like there's another gut check? Isn't one of the guys either named Ted or Zach in that too? In what? In the other gut check podcast, the like bad sports oh, one. Oh, I have no idea, dude. Yeah. No, no. It was that there was yet another one. Okay. Called Gut Check Podcast years ago. Okay. It only ran for like three episodes. and It was two guys trying to lose weight. Oh, so it's wow. kind of a clever yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like Zach and Jim mm. or something. Different Zach. I wonder if they lost weight, dude. I wonder how it went. Uh, if they had lost weight, I bet they would have kept making the podcast. <laughs> I bet, dude. <laughs> it's kind of sad. It is. 
But let's transition into uh, the Gut Check podcast oh, again dude, and, yeah, yeah. and pull out these handsome paperback copies. Just the ones we're gorgeous. reading from, by the way, are yeah. the ones we're going to sign and send out. So, so if, it lo- if it looks a little rumpled or has ash on it? Know that it, it's not defective. It actually comes with provenance. It's podcast used. Dude. It makes it more valuable. Yeah, podcast used. We're for so sure. near the freaking end, dude. What chapter are we ready for? Surely you jest? I believe we are on... <laughs> Yeah, surely, surely you jest. jest. That's one of mine. That's right? one of yours. Um, and perfect timing is one of yours. So should let's we do, do them both? Yeah. Nice, dude. So surely you jest. Let's see what voices there are. Um, do you want to be Stacy Towns or I'll be Stacy Townsend? Don't do a falsetto. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll be Alex. Yeah. I'll be Stacy and Jim. Um, you should be Duke. I'll be I'll be Duke. Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I think it should be Duke. <laughs> What's funny is on the way here we listened to the entire Pete Ford cut of uh-huh. of the thing, and it's not until about two thirds of the way through that we establish you a that we even I think we established the Duke voice yeah. after it was established by Chuck Weebus yeah on the thing yeah and and it's not that you become full Duke until after probably two thirds of the way through the book yeah and then I think it's not that we started thinking of Duke as being like a main a main yeah player kind of the second the second book of this omnibus is really about Duke it's about Duke it, for me and then you recognize that all along maybe it's been about Duke mm-hmm. it's been his journey from sitting on a leather couch in his office playing Tim Van Drinky <laughs> all the way up to well we're not going to tell you what that's right Actually, why don't you be Stacy Townsend? Because Alex Roth only has a couple lines. All right, I'm Stacy. I don't want you to get bored. I feel I feel um, like I'm Stacy. All right, chapter forty-one. Surely you jest with a G, like ultra jest. <laughs> Jen Townsend is weeping uncontrollably while he drags bags of dirt, henceforth dirt bags, out of a Lincoln, Nebraska storage facility and into a U-Haul truck. What's wrong? Stacy Townsend asks, although she's she already knows the answer. She's doing a thing that spouses do wherein they try to be sympathetic even while knowing there's nothing they can do. I'm hormonal, he explains. <laughs> which in his case is completely true. Inasmuch as he's cycling off Ultra Jest, not pumping any more peck milk, <laughs> and is generally going through what women have traditionally described as postpartum depression. Or is it menopause? <laughs> it's both. Yeah, you're up. Oh, sorry. Could this be about having to give up the dream of Ultrajest and, more broadly, your dream of recolonizing the state of Nebraska for reformdom? She asks. Townsend is stopped cold by both the gravity of the question, as well as by the fact that he is genuinely tired after hauling a couple of <laughs> dirt bags, which are rich and loamy with the seed of Ultrajest. <laughs> Townsend will have multiple millions of dollars in the back of the U-Haul. It's weird, hon. I just feel like I don't have any big dreams anymore. And while I like my life and my family, I just don't bound out of bed anymore. Thinking about how I'll change the world or recolonize (laughs) Nebraska, he says wistfully. That's called being middle-aged, she says. You sound, in this moment, like a completely normal person. The thought of being completely normal both disgusts (laughs) and fascinates Townsend. You'll still love me without the lush mane of hair, the muscles, and my embargo on Nebraska wood, he asks sheepishly. You'll still love me in spite of the fact that I'm not shortening the gestation periods of reformed <laughs> women and acceler- accelerating the growth patterns of children. I felt like I was really doing something there for a while. She plants a huge kiss on his lips. I'm hungry, he says. She thinks he's making some sort of veiled allusion to sex, <laughs> but it's actually 4.30 and he's famished. I think there's an old country buffet by the highway. 
Not so fast, old man. She says coquettishly. We've got a jet ski to buy. What? (laughs) And then a page break. Alex Roth has always loved journalism. So when the opportunity came knocking in the form of an entry-level job at the New York Post, Roth figuratively left... Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Roth figuratively left at the chance to be a real. I did not even catch I know, that when I was. I know, dude. A real bona fide ink stained newspaper man. Your job as lead feature writer will be to sit in this cubicle and think of clever, inflammatory tweets, explained Roth's immediate supervisor, a guy named Trevor Fox, who will, unbeknownst to Fox, be replaced by a Pakistani temp in six months, <laughs> and then in a year and a half be replaced altogether by an internet bot <laughs> when the entire New York Post operation relocates to a strip mall in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Which means that all happened in like 2017. Exactly. What about writing features? Asks Roth. Oh, we stopped doing that about three years ago, <laughs> says Fox. And make sure you use the, the new URL in all your tweets. Roth notices that all of the signage in his office touts the URL as www.newyorkpostpokeronline.com. <laughs> oh, and we need somebody to cover the Brooklyn Vegans game against the Denver Values this weekend, Fox adds. And since you used to work with Ted Strongbow, we thought you'd be perfect. He pauses. Also, to be upfront, a third of our staff is morally opposed to football. A third of our staff doesn't know what football is. And the other third of our staff telecommutes from Pakistan. <laughs> Fair enough, says Roth, who can't believe the, what's the word, kismet in all of this. He also, anew, can't believe the fact that he basically kidnapped someone else's child, which child is currently sitting in the New York Post nursery reading the New York Post. And a page break. It's a cool morning at the New York Harbor, and Jim and Stacey Townsend look like any other fleshy, white, middle-aged tourists. Save for the fact that they're transferring dirt bags onto a yacht called Duwares the Party. You sure that's all of them? Duke had asked when he dropped off the empty U-Haul. Yeah, Jim answered confidently from behind his 27-year-old Oakleys. <laughs> I mean, there was a veritable mountain of the bags near the old Nebraska Catan headquarters, but the feds have seized all of that. Nothing to worry about. An older white man in a pastel sweater and yachting cap shoots him a sidelong glance before catching himself and realizing that it's illegal to look at anyone judgmentally in Manhattan. I can't believe Duke left me in charge of this, says Townsend, given the fact that I've only ever lived cornlocked in Nebraska. Maybe he wanted, just for a day, to give you the joy of wharf life, says Stacy. Townsend has tied a cable-knit wool sweater around his neck and is unlashing the boat from its moorings. Townsend sails toward the horizon, silently enjoying the solitude that life at sea affords. In this moment, for the first time since he tunneled under the earth for 40 days, <laughs> he is truly at peace with himself and with the world. A few miles offshore, Townsend drops anchor and begins the heavy work of tossing the dirt bags and his considerable fortune, his strength, and his youth into the water. Oh. The moment, like Townsend's previously swollen <laughs> pectorals, is engorged with meaning. He sheds a single tear. Done with the heavy lifting, Townsend uses a dirty hand to wipe the sweat off his face, and then uses a walkie-talkie to signal for his wife. Moments later, Stacy comes roaring up to the side of Duwares the Party, wearing a 1980s-style one-piece bathing suit, modest as hottest, <laughs> while riding a Kawasaki jet ski. Townsend climbs aboard with her and presses a button, which discharges the plastic explosives he lashed to the boat's hull. 
In a matter of moments, the party, as it were, as in do where's the question mark, <laughs> as at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Jim and Stacy charge back toward New York Harbor, crashing through waves, doing donuts, and generally really enjoying themselves on the back of the Kawasaki jet ski, because who wouldn't? Townsend even shouts woo from time to time <laughs> and feels like a young man, even in a way that he didn't when having his hormones manipulated by Ultra Jess. <laughs> but by the time the happy couple lashes their jet ski into the harbor, Townsend has grown to full, <laughs> lush, hipster beard. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Townsend says? Stacy nods in agreement. Okay, on the count of three, say exactly what you're thinking. One, two, three. Let's visit EagleZoom.com and incorporate a beard oil company. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. And that's the end of the chapter. Oh, my gosh. All right. Oh, good times. Chapter 42, perfect timing. Who do we have in here? Let's see. Uh, You be Jerry Schofield. Yeah, I feel like you can really embody that guy. And uh, how about Josh? You be Josh. Okay, yeah. Um, Chapter 42, perfect timing. Memorandum. From Jim Townsend to Board of Directors, New Nebraska slash UltraJest LLC, RE, proposed dissolution of board. Frankly, I'm not sure who will ever even read this memo, which I acknowledge is a weird and uncharacteristically informal way for me to start an official communique. But really, from what I saw on Tucker Carlson this morning, all <laughs> members of record of the New Nebraska leadership have been incarcerated and all of its assets seized by the U.S. government. All assets, that is, except for the dirt bags containing the very seed of UltraJest, which I have sent dramatically to the bottom of New York Harbor. It is only by happy coincidence, or perhaps divine design, that I am not sitting in a cell myself. If you have somehow escaped the wide net of the federal government, and if you have even a shred of self-interest left, I implore you, resigned, post-haste and predated, from the board of directors, consider this my resignation, cut all ties with the UltraJest and forget any of this ever happened. And now that I have your attention, the real reason for this memo, let me tell you about a new company, Jimmy T's Unironic Beard Oil. This product will revolutionize... Jerry Schofield crumpled the memo slowly, savoring every pop and crunch, as if they were Jim Townsend's bones breaking and organs bursting. Everything okay, boss? Darby asks. He is wearing a too-short lab coat and goofy protective goggles. The lab is state-of-the-art, the best LaHaye's R&D budget can provide. Schofield drops the crumpled page to the floor and forces a smile. Yes, Max, everything is all right. I cannot be stopped. Jim Townsend may think he's written Ultra Jest out of the history books, but it's not going to be that easy, is it? Dude, do you, do you grasp any of the, like, the subtext here? Of how there was a little battle between whether we were going to keep the Ultra Jest wackiness going to the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had him scuttle it? Yeah. And then I... And then I Brought out of nowhere another bunch of it. <laughs> it's I not going to be that easy, is yeah. it, to write it out of the book? Uh-huh. He laughs and pokes playfully at the top dirt bag, almost causing the stack of three to tip over. It's all in who you know, and Schofield knows everyone. And his timing, as always, is perfect. Had his operatives arrived just three hours later, Townsend would have already cleared them out. This really couldn't have turned out better for me, Schofield says. Ultragest is no longer an active product. It's mine for the taking. Just another black bag project. A black dirt bag project, if you will. No more votes, no more board meetings, no more government oversight. And now I possess the last three bags of the secret ingredient, giving me 
A complete monopoly. Obviously, unlike Ironsides, he doesn't know about the giant pyramid of dirtbags the feds left piled <laughs> up in Nebraska. Were you able to reverse engineer the four? Yeah, you've got dirtbags everywhere. Like, yeah. I killed the dirtbags, and now they're everywhere. No, but the, the dirtbags were already in Nebraska. Remember yeah. um, when, when he'd been blown up? Yeah. And Ironsides was laying there, and, <laughs> and, and he was still conscious. Uh-huh. And the one federal agent was like, you want me to keep these? And, uh-huh. and he was like, no, I can keep every dirtbag here. Right, they, right. They were, they were already there. Nice. All right. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, where were we? Were you able to reverse engineer the formula? And then your max. Didn't have to, Max replies. I just hacked into Townsend's Google Docs. The formula is pretty simple. I can synthesize this stuff in my sleep. Well, try to stay awake, Schofield barks. This is important. He hates it when his underlings don't play along and act like everything is a big deal. How many doses should I make? We'll start small. A test run, if you will. Just enough for, say, a football team. So, 53 pills? Not pills, Max. We're changing things up a bit. He grins and hands Darby a schematic. Time to grate the Parmesan. (laughs) Operation Prego is a go. (laughs) Father Vincent flexes in the mirror and feels his heart sink. It had taken some time for him to get up the nerve to ask Van Shrimpy for a vegan's jersey. He'd started with a half-flip comment about how funny it would be to walk around town wearing a jersey that said vegans with his name on the back, since he is actually a vegan. <laughs> when Van Shrimpy just sort of chuckled and kept walking, Vince made up some nonsense about how the chaplain should feel solidarity with the team by dressing like them. Or something like that. Whatever he'd said, it apparently did the trick, and the Kelly Green jersey was folded neatly on his pulpit this morning. This, clothes folded neatly in public places, is a trigger for Vince for obvious rapture-related reasons, but he muscled through. His real reason for wearing the jersey is personal, not professional. In fact, Father Vincent doesn't really put any thought or effort into his job as team chaplain at all. He began his first pep talk slash sermon by dryly joking, Guys, God really cares who wins your little football game. Only to be met by a wall of grunts and cheers. Now he just repeats different versions of that same sentiment for a few minutes whenever he's asked to speak. It doesn't take any time or prep work. No, the reason for the jersey is Carol Ann. Things with Carol Ann are... weird. He's not sure what it says about his seminary education, that he was never properly prepared for a scenario in which he escapes forced labor in a Nebraska cult run by his father-in-law and moves to Brooklyn only to have his wife follow him afterward as part of a sort of sub-cult slash counter-cult Having borne his children mere days after their first and only romantic encounter, a child Vince has never met, but soon will, as Vincent Ironsides Romero has passed his physical to play in the Vegan's Values season opener two days from now. Vince is glad none of his parishioners ever came to him with such a situation. He would have been grossly ill-equipped to offer any real counsel. But now Carol Ann will be at the game. It will be his chance to win her back. Just yesterday, it looked like she'd be away for months, having flown out to be with her father in the ICU. But she texted about 20 minutes ago with the exciting news that Ironsides was recovering nicely and had already exceeded his physical therapy goals. Perfect timing. Whatever else Vincent thought of him, the old man sure was tough. And that's what Vincent needs too. Toughness. In his mind, he'd concocted a scenario in which he would walk out onto the field Sunday afternoon, looking hard and determined, wearing a jersey (laughs) and one of those headsets, carrying a Bible and a clipboard, his eyes the very picture of intensity. But the problem is, Vince looks like a cancer patient in this thing. He's swimming in it. He's also no fan of the fact that he is apparently number zero on the team. Apparently just some friendly ribbing from Van Shrimpy, he thinks, or maybe something more malicious. 
Either way, Vince has two days to bulk up. Yeah. If only there were some shortcut. How did Duke do it so fast? Ooh. Section break. We know. Max Darby and Josh Vandersma meet at the massive doors of Van Shrimpy's private airplane hangar. They stare at each other for a good long minute. Hey, man. Josh finally says. Hey. I'm here for the jet. Josh's tone is low-key threatening, as if he's here to steal the aircraft. In reality, though, Van Shrimpy had instructed Darby to list it on eBay Motors a few days ago. <laughs> and Josh purchased it fair and square, using the trust fund of one Ronnie Rainbow Roomba, <laughs> heir to the Roomba fortune. Yeah, I know, Max says. By the way, there's a golf cart rigged up at the belly of the plane in such a way that it can be released in flight and parachute down to the earth. You want that too? No extra charge. Letting bygones be bygones, are we? Max shrugs his bony shoulders. I guess. I mean, yeah, you hit me on the head with a brick and chained me up in the crappy apartment for weeks and then fired me. But yeah, no hard feelings. Buds? He extends his hand. Josh slaps it away. My beast would never let something like that go. Max's face brightens. Your beast? <laughs> Josh flashes a sheepish grin. Why not? I mean, Sylvia only cares about climbing the ladder at La Haye Armaments. Schofield is obsessed with using Ultra Jess to build an army of mindless soldiers. And Edith, well, Edith just wants to watch the world burn. I know what you mean, Max says. I guess all Van Trippy cares about now is football. Specifically making sure the vegans win and the values lose Sunday night. That, Josh says, is some useful information. He cocks an eyebrow. So what do you say? You want your old job back? Max waffles. I don't know. Your timing's not great. I'm supposed to synthesize and aerosolize 60 <laughs> doses of the new Ultra Jest replacement for Schofield before the vegans fly to Denver tomorrow. I had also blocked off a little time to do some writing. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra... He's the only one who had his are all writers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultra Jest, huh? I'd say my timing's perfect. Josh, no, El Drago, says. He won't be the puppet of big business. He won't play second fiddle to any other evil masterminds. He realizes he's now humming, start spreading the news, <laughs> really low in a minor key. Something he used to do all the time. El Drago is going to bring hell raining down on that <laughs> stadium this Sunday. Let me see that formula, Max. He takes the paper from him and adds a few zeros here and there before handing it back. Darby gawks. Do you have any idea what this will do? Will it be horrifying? Absolutely. El Drago smiles. That's all I need to know. And to answer your question, yes, I'll take that golf cart as well. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Oh, I love it, dude. Dude, the next one is D-Bag Labs. Who wrote that one? Me. Nice. Oh, dude. We're eating so close. I know. I don't like that. I know. <laughs> oh, what a great book, dude. Are I we recommend still everyone get a hold of it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, we're still recording. Nice, dude. I got a relight, too. Should I close this one out? Or we could just leave some more awkward silence of us, like, lighting our lighting cigars. cigars and deciding what thinking. to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of sitting contemplatively mm -hmm. thinking. Uh, enjoy, everybody enjoy the bird sounds for the next few seconds while we light our cigars. Of course, the birds stop right when I say that. Mm -hmm. we got to get some better birds around here, dude. <laughs> I can't work with these birds anymore. <laughs> you know, maybe we got to get Maxim and Kellen out there sweeping, like mm -hmm. last time.
<laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this has been the Gut Check Podcast. And between the covers, a literary podcast. And we will see you uh, next time. Yeah. <laughs>